Monday, everybody, and welcome back to the Couchside Judges. I'm Scott Fontana. Follow me on Twitter at Scott underscore Fontana. And I'm Dan Urban. Follow me at the Dan Urban. Follow the podcast at Couchside Judges and subscribe to us wherever you listen. And if you like this show as much as I do, you should give it what I would give it, a five-star review. <laughs> and as always, we talk judging and MMA, so head on over to abcboxing.com and read the scoring criteria. Dan, this was uh, this was a pretty jam-packed pay-per-view. A lot of people people were looking forward to this one and like calling it like the event of the year. I never felt like it was. I was very much looking forward to this. I was looking forward to it, but I never felt like it, I didn't buy into the whole like, oh, this is the event of the. And I don't know why, because I loved the top mm. six fights, and yeah. after that, it was like, yeah, it was fine. But like, I don't know. I just, I guess I didn't buy into it to the same degree everybody else did. And I'm glad because I think for a lot of people, this didn't necessarily live up to it, even though it, I thought it ended pretty strongly. For an event that I was so excited for, looking forward to for a long time. I almost boycotted it. And oh didn't yes, watch that's it right. Yes, yes. You had you had difficulties trying to get the service you paid for from ESPN. Yes, this show may have been just a one couchside judge given his scores because I was refusing to watch it if I if I couldn't get it squared away. And as I said, I would not have appreciated. No, that. but no. I, that would have been on ESPN. Well, so well, then I would have to deal with it. And I wouldn't have been happy, sir. But we have persevered. We persevered. I'm, I only missed. Four rounds, technically. Mm-hmm. But that's quite a bit. Yeah. So. Yeah, and unfortunately, one of them was uh, was Chukagi and Furo, right? Yeah, I missed Chukagi and Furo. I'm sorry you missed that one. I know, I missed five rounds, because I missed the first two rounds of Benil and uh, mm-hmm. Matush. I'm sorry so. I'm sorry you had to miss uh, Furo and Chukagi, and that was, that was the fight of the night. <laughs> yeah. Why are you I, laughing? I ended up, I ended up Why watching. Are you laughing? I still watched it. Oh, okay. So. so at least you saw the fight of the night. That's I good. did, That's yeah. good. Glad you saw that one. Uh, but But... Let's get to some real brass tacks here, right? Islam Makachev, mm-hmm. man of the hour, champion. was really cool, by the way, seeing the, the reaction from Khabib. I mean, I'm, this isn't a unique yes. thought. Everybody's yeah. saying that. But, like, man, he he just... I think they're a fascinating story. Like, that whole crew, you know, mm-hmm. Abdul Manap and, and, and all the protégés uh, from them. Mm-hmm. I think they're just probably one of the most fascinating stories in mixed martial arts they're... in the last 15 years. Because uh, it's yeah. like, it's just this... This group of people from this little, you know, enclave. I, I don't. It's probably it's probably a dismissive way of of um, classifying Dagestan, but like they they all come from just this little area of the world, and now they have two champions at the same weight class who look like, especially Islam. He he looks like he's in for a dominant reign. That's that's what I'm thinking. He's just the thirty for thirty on Dagestan MMA. It's going to be excellent. That would be fascinating. So, yeah. A lot of people look at like when they when they say, oh, I can't wait for the 30 for 30. It's always about these like, you know, grimy, awful, like downfall tales like mm. John Jones. Right. Which would also be fascinating. No, no, no doubt. But I think this, too, would be fascinating. And not all of them are like that. And yeah. When you when you when you watch all those 30 for 30s and I love those. Um, there's there's some good ones that are not just like, oh, this is how everything went to hell for this guy. <laughs> You know, <laughs> I think that this this group of people would be fascinating to mm-hmm. to kind of see more about. You know, fathers they would call it father's plan. By the way, okay, that's what that's it has a good to be name. called. Yeah, so it has to be name. called. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I guess kind of on that note of, of you know the fact that he, I think he looks like a dominant champion in waiting. Well, not in waiting, but he's the champion. But it looks like he could potentially be in uh, for a lengthy dominant reign. Do, do you agree? 
I think we're in for a hell of a run. Mm -hmm. Uh, Finally, someone I think will undoubtedly surpass BJ Penn's run in in years to come. Wow, that's bold from you. When we talk about this in years to come, we're going to say, oh, what were the best title runs at 155? It'll be number one, Islam Makachev, solidified. Then BJ Penn, Khabib, Charles Oliver. Those will be. I'm going to push back against that, actually, because I think Charles Oliveira had just an uh, like a legendary run, right? It's a good run. Yeah. Just, Great just, run. Even just talk about his title fights there. I think his title fight run is more impressive than Khabib's. Okay, you can I actually sw- okay. say that you can like s- if we're honing in on just the title fights. Yeah, you can swap Charles and Khabib there. I I would put him even higher. I think I might even put Charles's run number 1. Yeah, I can't do that. Sorry. That's just that's where I'm at. Mm. I think I think BJ has the overall much better body of work and I don't even think that's like controversial it's it's kind of mm. obvious he, he just does but specifically the 155 pound title runs mm-hmm. isolated to those and include the you know when they win the title too right if you isolate it to that i think yes i put charles Oliveira number one okay because that's what he has done was just incredible you know the the especially the way he was winning too he was winning with yeah, finishes every time finishing. against t- truly top level talent you know the first one was Michael Chandler, I would probably say he was easily number three of the geese guys, right? But then he distinctly beats up on Dustin Poirier, mm-hmm. who everyone really thought was like the number one guy, and we proved that wrong, right? Or he proved that wrong. Mm-hmm. And then Justin Gaethje. I mean, that was the other guy. Like these were the two guys where we're like, oh, these are definitely the guys who like he has to beat to be number one. And he went out there and he went out and beat he them. He beat them absolutely yeah. beat them, and there no questions asked. So I thought that was impressive. Um, uh, but no, I mean, to your point, the, to get back to the original point, yeah, I think he really has it in him to be able to put up uh, an even more impressive run. Here's what I, I think is impressive. is there, He's fighting Volkanovski next. It's a very interesting it's, It sure fight. looks that way, yeah. Uh, and you know what? It somewhat finally feels like we're getting a special fight here uh, that we've always been asking for. We're getting the two absolute best fighters squaring off in their primes, which... Almost never happens. I don't. I can't recall a fight where that did happen. Makich is only thirty-one too. He's not so, even that old. He's got tie. Yeah, I mean, hopefully he, he sticks around. He doesn't take the the Khabib route. I, I you know he wants to retire early. I, I know why he, he wanted to retire now because he had these guys down the pipeline that are coming up that he wants to uh, you know mentor. I think there's a lot of people so. who just think he didn't necessarily love it, and I think he's even alluded to that Khabib. Mm-hmm. So I'm not surprised that he. He seems to be much more interested in investing in other people's success okay. than even his own, which yeah. is it's just admirable in some ways. It's it's a, it's a fascinating thing. This is another reason why I want to see that explored, right? It's like, yeah. why? You're absolutely like, yeah. he's got to be better than Islam. <laughs> I feel like he's got to be better than Islam, but he doesn't care. Yeah. He, does, he doesn't care. He's like, I did it. I'm done. I'm moving on. Mm-hmm. But nonetheless, we have Islam, who I think is just as good, if if not potentially better. Mm-hmm. He's got the potential to be better, at least. He, I don't think it's he gets better and better enough. every time he comes. Yeah, back, yeah, so. yeah. I mean, the, the whole argument against him getting here was like, oh, who'd he beat? Who'd he beat? Who'd he beat? Doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. He went out there and he beat the brakes off. I, I mean, that's probably that's probably an over uh, extension of what he did to Charles Oliver, but he was he was the better man in there mm-hmm. for most of that fight, if not all of for it. For sure. Um, and. and you know, he he. This was somebody we've seen Charles Oliveira show so much heart these last few fights. Everyone was questioning whether you know he's always oh, a quitter. He's a quitter. He's a quitter. We know he's not a quitter anymore. Stop it. That stop it. That that that's gone. Mm-hmm. The fact that he was able to do what he did to Charles Oliveira here, who was fighting up until the point where he you know he got his bell rung 
and then he couldn't fight off that choke because yeah. it went from you know he went from high level black belt to you know not quite a white belt but let's say a blue belt pretty darn quick. Yeah, that that tends to happen. It's the way it goes. Yeah. Join, I mean, uh, Islam joined some elite company uh, people who were able to sub Charles uh, Jim Miller being one of them. That's true. Uh, you know how to get that in there. You did. You did. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, to Charles. Let's move on to Charles Oliver here. What are what are the chances? That you would give him in, let's let's say a rematch is going to happen. It doesn't even have to be the next fight, right? Let's say they're going to rematch in a year. You know, maybe maybe uh, maybe Makachev goes out there and he fights Volkanovski and he beats Volkanovski, and then he's which I think he does. It. Okay, well, well yeah, yeah, sure, we'll go with that anyway. Um, it's another conversation for another time, right? But he gets the next shot. Maybe he wins on the way there. What chances do you give him? Let's say on a on a you know like ten percent, twenty percent, thirty percent chance. What chance do you feel like how many times out of 10 is charles Oliveira beating islam Akachin? Hmm. i mean i really don't want to count charles out because i thought he sure. had i thought he had a real shot to win this fight i i, uh, I picked too. him but i thought it was really close um i'd say i mean in my head i picked him anyway like we said islam he's gonna get better and better each fight and i uh man it's tough i'm gonna go two out of ten maybe one out of five I'm gonna say three out of ten. Okay. I think he, I think three out of ten he could reasonably do it because I think he gets the right moment out there, maybe the right mindset goes out there and 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 you know lands the right thing on the feet because I See, do think he, I think his striking is better than he was able to show in this fight. Yeah. You know. That's the only way I can see Islam really losing at this point is GSP, um, Sarah type style thing. I don't think that's it's really, gonna take like a hail mary type of thing. Not that no, that's just get just get just was, getting but... caught. That's the way he just get caught with a, a strike that that wobbles him or knocks. It's him gonna out. take a strike. I, I think it, he's it gonna is. have to hurt so... his feet. Yeah, you know what? Because actually, I'll ask you this too. We didn't put this on here, but I, I have a question for you. Who, if you had to pick any of the current top lightweights, let's say anybody in the roughly top ten, you know, f- top five, top ten, you had to pick one person to go against Islam Akachev, and you think is your best chance of knocking him off, which is the fighter that you're picking out there that you're trotting out there? Well, this will, this will allude to a little bit later of uh, kind of, but I would pick Justin Gaethje. You know, I, good choice, but I'll tell you who I would pick, and I think it's, mm. it surprised me even, mm-hmm. but I've arrived at this, and I actually feel like I'm, I would, I would, I'll, I'll stand on this hill. Michael Chandler. Okay, yeah, I, I figured that's where you would go. It, yeah. Good wrestlers who hit hard. Yep. That's what, that's like, we have both the same train of yeah, thought. Yeah, exactly, so. it, it's exactly what it is, yeah. but I think it has less to do with, you know, Gaethje obviously hits hard, but like a lot of his game is like those kicks, right? Mm-hmm. If you throw those kicks, I think Islam's catching them and taking them down. Well, that, I don't want it to be that. And I think what you need is somebody who can, you can really hit you hard more upstairs. Not that Gaethje can't do that, but I, that's why I think Chandler. Well, yeah, another, another thing. I don't even have a high, like, I don't have the highest opinion of Michael Chandler in, in terms of the pecking order. Yeah, I just feel well, like I, he's my, he's the guy I'm sitting at there and I'm like, I think he might be able to do it better than anybody else can who's up there. Here's the thing, Chandler, that, they have the blueprint pretty much of what Gaethje would do because he did it to Khabib, so they'll be prepared for those low kicks. Sure. Um, so maybe Chandler is the better bet. There you go. There you go. Um, do you have anything else you want to say about Charles Oliver? Or, or you no, I mean, I, I, I saw fight. him taking his gloves off, and I thought, oh, no, he's going to retire here. But no, I'm glad well, he I didn't notice that so, because I have been, yeah. as, as I mentioned before, I'm now like, I'm, I'm shook. Every time I see mm-hmm. it, I'm like, oh, someone retiring? What's going on? Yeah. What's going on? Obviously, yeah, he just was taking them off. I'm sure he'll yeah. continue to fight. No, yeah, on. he said he, he'll be back. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, I mean, 
I don't think something like this is going to just shake him because he seems mm-hmm. like he's got a lot more things he really wants to accomplish in the sport. Mm-hmm. And he's young. He's still young. Yeah. Um, Which is crazy because he's been around for a decade. He's been around so. for more than a decade. Yeah. 12 years. 12, 12 plus years mm-hmm. I, since I was at his first fight in the UFC. Uh, but let's, yeah, let's move to Bantamweight here with Aljamain Sterling, who looked like a monster out there, mm-hmm. dude. I, look, let's we'll, we'll get to TJ's situation in a second, but let's just isolate to Aljamain here. Rate his performance 1 to 10. 10. Individual performance. 10? 10. I would give it a 10. I think you can give it a 10. I think this was like... He took no damage. He did everything he had to do. And you know what really impressed me, dude, was when he took Mm -hmm. TJ down. And granted, TJ is, as we said, it was alluded to, and we'll get to a little more in a moment, he's compromised here, right? The shoulders popped out. But what Aljamain did, as opposed to his fight against Peter Yan, is he goes out there and rather than try to just get the back, see if he can sink in the choke, mm-hmm. and because we were, you know, everything was about does he get a 10 8, doesn't he get right. a 10 8? And I feel like Aljo downloaded a whole lot of data from the conversations that were being had yeah. about that. Whether, you know, I'm not saying he listened to our podcast, but I, I have spoken to Aljo and I, mm-hmm. I've, I've talked to him just a little bit about kind of this idea. I'm sure he's spoken to other people yeah. who've also given him this feedback, but. You know, I'll I'll take one percent of the credit. Just literally one percent. Right. Right, <laughs> I'm just gonna I'm just taking one. <laughs> I probably don't deserve it, but I'm taking it anyway. Uh, but <laughs> but the 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 fact that he went out there and he's like, well, I'm gonna just pound on him. Yeah. And and what happens when he pounds on him throughout round one? Unanimous ten eight. Yes. Unanimous ten eight. And no one's questioning it. It was a high level ten eight. There was textbook. There was one strike in round two with similar situation. He's on top right before the finish. And he throws this elbow just to the side of the head of Dillashaw. I was like, wow, that was really mean. <laughs> like, that was that was mean. But if he goes out there, and, and the fact that he can get those fights down, you know, it's probably not going to be as easy because the next person's not going to have a dislocated shoulder at the time. But, like, yeah. he went out there and very quickly got him down, right? Yeah. And if he can start instinctively being like, well, now I'm just going to pound the crap out of him because I've got the positional control. I can do that. Mm-hmm. Now I'm just going to just lay it on him because that's how I'm going to rack up points. Mm-hmm. And look, he gets a finish, yep. you know? And again, you, you have to account for that the man is compromised and, and that leads to at least part of the openings that he's getting here. But he's when he has the openings, he is hammering yeah, TJ Dillashaw. Like this was elite level and, and really impressive stuff. And, mm-hmm. and if he's going to take his game in that direction and be able to do this to other opponents, he could be in for a really impressive reign. And he's going to make people forget kind of the weirdness that's oh, yeah. happened in this I early mean, part. You can't deny how weird his his first three championship fights have it's been. Like weird. He, wins, he wins on a DQ because right. of the knee thing. Okay, look, there's nothing. He didn't do anything wrong there. He just got kneed, you know? It's, mm-hmm. it, Jan did the wrong thing, right? Well, oh, there's the second. Up. There's That's the second. Yeah, whatever. Yeah, whatever. People people talk what they talk. But then the second fight, obviously, it was very close. We have already gone over the way we feel about that and mm-hmm. and, and how you can score that. Mm-hmm. And it's perfectly reasonable. You can get one way or the other. But then this fight, obviously, yeah, it's like he's going against somebody who, not that he knew it going in, but yeah, there's a, there's a guy who's apparently his shoulder just pops out every so often. Yeah, he's you know, for the last six months. Yeah, you 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 beat up a one arm guy. Yeah. <laughs> But you know what? Can, can we find? Is there any audio of T.J. Dillashaw saying I could beat you with one arm? Is there? Maybe, maybe there is. We could find some. There might be. Maybe there is. <laughs> <laughs> and if that's the case, then hey, look, the ground rules were already set. I don't think so. But you know what? You never know. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but no, it's if if he can start doing this to to let's say guys who have nothing, there's no excuses that his haters can make and all that kind of stuff. Um, 
he's gonna be he's gonna have a really impressive run here. Mm-hmm. Right? Whether <laughs> although he's got to step up his um his trash talk. His canned trash talk is just terrible. <laughs> it, can we get that out there? It's really, really yeah. bad. And then I love that he was trying to like riff a little more. He was like, uh, Sean O'Malley, but okay. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, where are you going with this one? Come on. Uh, he's. I think he's a little bit better when he just kind of allows himself to talk rather than yeah. kind of can it, mm-hmm. you know? Uh, but it is what it is. I, I, I would agree with you, though. That's, that's a 10. That's a 10 out of 10 mm-hmm. performance for him. Not 11. We're not going to crank it up to 11. No. This is a 10. Yep. He didn't go above and beyond. It's just, it, I think he hit the top of the scale. Uh, but yeah, so on to TJ Dillashaw, who again, we, we mentioned here, he he is coming in this fight apparently to some people's knowledge. Sounds like Mark Goddard knew. Yeah. Um, I... Which also, how does Mark Goddard know? And then seemingly a bunch of other people involved in the UFC production team seem to know this because they didn't mind that he's skipping embedded and, and all these other mm. you know things and stuff like that. He's not hitting pads. Like, how does this get by and him get licensed here uh, when the UFC is acting as the commission here? Well, I guess, I guess the thing is a little it, weird. it was in at that point in time. I, I guess in theory, but like... Yeah. How are they okay with, like, he had to at some point have said, oh, this is why I can't do all these things, because I feel like the UFC would be like, nah, F that, you're doing it, because these guys have no control over their careers, mm. you know? I don't know. It, it, I'm, maybe it's tinfoil hat a little bit, but it just yeah. seems, it strains credulity to me that the UFC just, and, and whoever is acting as commission here had no clue that there was something amiss with this guy's shoulder. Or maybe not to that extent. They, Yeah. I have no doubt. I have no doubt that maybe even Dana, maybe Dana didn't even know, right? So mm-hmm. he can honestly answer like I don't know, but like along the way, it feels like somebody knew and they just like passed him on, which is a little strange to get medically mm-hmm. cleared that way. Nonetheless, he goes out there <laughs> and he's popping his shoulder back out. They're putting it back in. They're not doing the whole yanking not it yanking method it. though. They've not they've learned. It. They've learned it's better to to massage it back in. Yeah. You know, which is kind of the way I try to teach my kids how to like get the Lego pieces apart. It's like, don't <laughs> you don't like try to, you know, break it. You got to kind of finesse it out a little bit and then you can take it out. Mm. So, everything's better with like, you know, softer, you know, softer hands here. But the question here, should TJ Dillashaw have pulled out? I think absolutely you should have pulled out. If your shoulder is coming out of the socket 20 plus times in camp where the intensity is likely dialed down, especially these days. Uh, where where teams aren't even doing live sparring with with shots to the head. TJ's notoriously so, intense in training, though. Okay, but fight intense. I mean, for, I mean, I think that's what rubbed him wrong at several gyms okay. in the past. I mean, I, well, I'm okay, sure that's well then, what it is. then for sure, it's going to pop out in the fight. I know uh, we have some examples of fighters coming in injured and winning, uh, like JDS knocking out Kane when he had to tour in uh, meniscus. Uh, but what we saw in the rematches, I kind of chalked it up to a bit of a fluke there. Uh. I say more often than not, it's it's not ending in triumph. You know, you got you got Vitor's knee injury, especially at the highest level. Yeah, when uh, Machida beat him, mm-hmm. Nunez the first fight with Pena had two knee injuries apparently. Nate Diaz in the second Connor fight with a knee injury. Uh, Tito with the fractured skull. It yeah, that's to, true. That's true. He had a it fractured skull. Tends to not go in your favor <laughs> with an injury. Good shout. So. Yeah, I think he should have pulled out 100%. I think he should have too, but one thing that's kind of been brought up uh, in, in the, let's say, the social media conversation is, did he need the money? <laughs> did he have a uh, choice in the I matter? Mean, I didn't really because think Because he's fought, before this fight, he had fought one time in the last, like, almost four years. 
because of suspension, mm-hmm. because of injury. Maybe he needed a paycheck. Yeah, man. You know? I think and he, and look, if if he needs the paycheck, it, let's say it's you and you need that paycheck, are you going to say, nah, I'm going to put it off? You'd be like, I need the money. What are you going to do? No, nah, I would fight. Yeah. No, I, I appreciate it. I, I like the Chael Sonnen um, thinking. Sure. You sign the you sign the contract to be there a certain date, you show up, you fight. Mm-hmm. I like that. But also, maybe, if, like you said, I didn't even think of that. Maybe he did need the money, but that, that aside, I And we don't I know that. We're speculating. Yeah. This, is, right. this is speculation that, you know, we've seen. I would imagine he probably didn't. A lot of I mean, I think he got some kind of sponsorship money. I'm sure he got some money, but as I champ, mean, he probably made it. You live, but you live at a certain you know level, and he started a business and and all these things. You just you just don't know. Yeah. you just don't know. So I I certainly hope that he didn't need it. I mean, look, it, the man cheated, right? He mm-hmm. he paid his penance and everything like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, you don't necessarily have to respect that, but he's still a human being. He's got a family. Yeah, you know, he's got a, his kid is almost exactly the same age as my youngest son. So and. And it's actually his birthday is the same day as my wife's. Oh wow! Um, so I feel like a certain like connection to him in some way. Gotcha. Not not like not like as a friend or anything like that. I've only spoken to the man like two times, uh, yeah. three times, three times. Um, but just the the idea he's a person, right? He's yeah. not. And I've spoken to these people anyway, so they're always people. But like this is someone you're not necessarily rooting for like terrible things to happen to his family. No, so definitely not. Just... I hope that he didn't just need the money, but maybe he did. Yeah. Um, but then the, I guess the other part of the question is, will he get another chance at the belt? Maybe at some point. I mean, who knows how the shoulder, how, how bad is this sh- damage has he done to his shoulder or the rest of his body? He's had like, several injuries like where he's, his shoulders popping out at, you know, just 20 times. That can't be good. I mean, does he need a reconstructive surgery? Who knows? I think he'd already had the surgery and that's part of the problem. Is it's just it it's done more damage to it is probably what happened here. I don't think he's gonna get back. I think this was his last chance. I think this is his last best chance. And I think he's someone who, assuming he doesn't need the money, isn't gonna stick around if he's not gonna get back to that point. I don't think he's just gonna retire off this one. I'm sure he's gonna see, hey, can I get back there? But hmm. like I don't see him being someone who again, let's hope money is not the issue. I don't see him just taking fights, taking fights, taking fights. He's not gonna go on like a six fight losing streak. You know, and then like try to keep soldiering on. I, I bet TJ you... TJ lost again. His shoulder came out. <laughs> fight after fight. Yeah, that would but be sad. Aljo did say when I did his, I interviewed Aljo in the lead up to this, and he alluded to the fact that yeah, Dillashaw obviously used PDs, right? Mm-hmm. And that when you're older, and he was kind of speaking as if he was speaking to Aljo when he was talking to me. This he's like, mm-hmm. when you're older, and when you're 50, and your body's like way older than mine is, like that's why. Right. Mm-hmm. The breaking down of the body yeah. with all, you know, the suspected performance enhancing drugs. Everyone says, you know, there's always been the rumors about TJ that it started out of Team Alpha Male, went all over the place. And obviously got caught with EPO. And that's the only one we really know about. But if there were other things, if there was a habit of using this, it, mm-hmm. you know, that can that can break the body down. Yeah. The you he's, know. you know, I mean, I kind of I would. You never know. I would wish a couple other cheaters also lost today, but they didn't. Um, <laughs> well, uh, but we'll move on. Yeah, I'm, mind you, we're talking late Saturday after Game Three of the Yankees. We don't know how Game Four went as we're talking. If the here. universe is does the right thing, it won't. It doesn't. That team is owed a three zero collapse. So I'm sorry. I hope they do the right. That thing. That is not how the world works, sir. Well, I'm just hoping. No, you can hope, so. but it won't happen for you. Um, last one before we get to a couple of little quick beats, and then we'll get to contested rounds. So I wanted to ask you about the other fight before this one, mm-hmm. Sean O'Malley. Getting the win over P. 
Piotr Jan. Yep. We will definitely be talking about that one. That's going to lead our contested rounds. But before we get to contested rounds, who do you think would have a better chance among these two men of beating Aljo in a future fight? Is it O'Malley or is it Jan? Uh, I have to say Jan. Uh, he has eight and a half rounds uh, of experience with him. There won't be much unknown. I think O'Malley would get worked over in a grappler. Aljo's a much better grappler than Jan. So while we did see some success uh, from O'Malley, uh, in the takedown defense versus Jan, I don't think it would, he'd be able to do that against Sterling. So I think you're largely right. I, I definitely wouldn't rule out O'Malley being able to catch him with some sort of kick or something like that on the feet. Mm-hmm. Aljo's, Aljo likes to kick. He is a kicker. Mm-hmm. But yeah, O'Malley is pretty creative with that stuff, and he's so much bigger. He's just a big yeah. guy. So I wouldn't rule that out. But yeah, I think if I was you, if, if I was also being like, hey, we're trotting somebody out to beat him here of these two men, yeah, I'm, I'm picking I'm picking Peter Jan too. Mm-hmm. But having said that, I do think I, I I really do see some really great things coming okay. from Aljo here. I think he's heading it, he's trending in the right direction. I hope so. In, in, instead of the wrong one, uh, as far as his career. Real quick, who should these winners fight next? Bilal Muhammad, Gilbert Burns. I like it. Yeah, I'm with it. Benil Daryush, winner of Islam and Volkanovski or Fiziev if he doesn't want to wait. Yeah, I, I I think Volkanovski that would be that would be good. The, the winner of that one, and then uh, Manel Firol. Uh Grasso. Yeah, that works. Because uh, neither really impressed. No, I don't so. think either one of them did enough to actually earn that. I'm mm-hmm. sorry. No, my mistake. Menel Firo versus Caitlin Chukagin was one of the fights of the year. <laughs> you yeah. missed it. Sorry. I'm sorry you missed it. <laughs> it really was amazing. But you know what? Let's just give Menel Firo one more fight before we get there. And <laughs> we'll, let's book Valentina Shevchenko against Amanda Nunes. That's what I want to see. All yes. right, there you go. Let's go to contested rounds, sir. We have seven of them. A lot of decisions. Yeah. In this card, mm-hmm. we had, and there wasn't one first round finish, so every fight had a round to score, and yet we only ended up with seven rounds to go. How many? How many rounds were scored ultimately? Did you, ultimately, did you I, think, I didn't. I didn't tally. Yet. Ah, you. Stink. Yeah, I should have tallied. That. Yeah, yeah. Bad job by you. Um, <laughs> that's all right. When we but get we, it, we'll post it. Yeah, we'll put it up later, uh, or maybe it'll be posted by the time we uh, we we have this yeah. show live. But all seven rounds came in different fights. Mm-hmm. We don't usually get that. Usually there's one fight yeah. that's got like two rounds in it or, or sometimes Pretty all three or you know something like that. But yeah, we just got one at a time here. But we are going to start with, like I said before, Sean O'Malley, Piotr Jan, split decision, 29-28s all around, except two of them going Sean O'Malley's way, one for Jan. Round one is our split round, as most of these are. They're, most of these are round one. Uh, it's our split round here. So, Dan, what is happening in round one of this fight that is makes the decider? Yeah, very competitive first round here. Jan's landing good leg kicks. O'Malley's landing good front kicks to the body. Seemed like he was using it as a tool when you get a little too close uh, to the fence, you know, to create some space. Because Jan was 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 the one pressing. O'Malley does land a few strikes to the head, some good good punches there. Jan as well. I, it's a really close round. I do see a lot of O'Malley's punches being blocked. Jan gets some offense in the clinch. Uh, Maybe a couple knees, I'd score a bit higher than Storley knees. Uh, gets gets the takedown, pretty pretty solid takedown, and lands a little bit of ground and pound. Very close round. I, I have no issue either way, but I'm 10-9 Yon. There's a robbery. <laughs> no, it's not a robbery. No, I, I, I went for Yon, too. I had this one as a Yon round, but yeah, I, I noticed some I, what appeared to be some strikes being blocked here. Mm-hmm. I thought it was kind of the same deal that that a lot of the stuff from O'Malley that's coming back is is either getting deflected or blocked in some way, and it's really not landing with as much impact or effect as as it might appear to. Uh, we've we've had the benefit of watching this fight a couple times now, mm-hmm. um, 
Judges Live do not do that. They obviously have the difficulties that which we talk about on the show all the time. They're in one spot. They do have the monitors, but I mean, you know, you get the monitor or you can look away and miss something for a second while you look up, right? Or maybe you have a bad angle. Maybe you just don't see it right, right? Mm-hmm. Maybe they do. Maybe they see it better than we do. That's the alternate. But it looked to me as I'm watching it, especially that second time, knowing what I know and being able to watch a little closer. Yeah, a lot of this stuff looked like it's getting deflected. I feel like it's close enough, absolutely close enough mm. that I think Jan doesn't land necessarily anything like monstrous here either. You know, I thought the takedown had like at least a little bit of impact on it. Yeah. So there was something there, but he doesn't really do much with it beyond that. He's had a couple strikes. It's so I mean not nothing, that, nothing great. It's he's really not right. adding a whole lot to the effect of you know trying to work toward the finish of the fight, right? It's just it didn't. I didn't think it got to that level. But ultimately, the whole body of work, right? We're just look body of work, the body of work. I do think Jan had just a little bit more there, mm-hmm. so I I felt like I could also give it that way. So you and I saw it the same, right? For Jan, yeah. we give the uh, this round and the fight to Jan. Same as Vito Palillo, but nobody else, because judges Ben Cartledge and David Leatherby had it for O'Malley. Which is fine. Fine, fine. <laughs> it's fine. But. But we had it for Judge Palillo, and what does that mean for Judge Palillo? Couch side override. <laughs> We're have to ship that one overseas to Judge Palillo, and you know how it is, man. When we ship overseas, it definitely gets lost in the mail. Yes, it's, it's, it's not, 100% it's lost. It's not getting anywhere. <laughs> How did I start doing this whole mail thing? I don't know. I don't either. We're gonna keep it up. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but that was that was it for that fight. Of course, like I said, every every fight is just one round at a time here. Mm-hmm. Um, but this was definitely the one that everybody was talking about. I I think it's kind of crazy that everybody has to jump to. They didn't like the result, so they they get all mad about it, and it's just like, oh, it's a robbery. Like, guys, I don't honestly. I'll be I'll be perfectly honest. I'm not really into the Sean O'Malley show. <laughs> I'm really not into it. You know, uh, he, he kind of lost me with the whole like, why don't you try heroin? Yeah. That whole well, thing. The, it's like, what? Yeah. While he's holding his baby. I mean, dude, what are you doing? At least, I mean, he's saying stupid stuff, but he, but at least he's not doing stupid stuff. I, I, I don't know. Suppose. I don't know that he's okay. not doing stupid stuff. But he's, he's not John Jones out there. Okay, like stuff like so that. far he has, that, to our knowledge, he has not yeah. gone out there and hit a pregnant woman yeah. with his car. I'll grant you that. Yeah, like D- so. He does he, say a lot. He of He has dumb cleared things. the lowest of bars. Yeah, so. but like, I'm not saying he's a villain, but like, I'm just not into it. But the fact is, I just, I'm not saying he couldn't have won that fight. It has nothing to do with it. It's just this is the way it is. I, I I think it's a close round. And you know, there's always people who are gonna be like, oh, look at look at look at uh MMA decisions. All the media scores here have. Have it for uh, for Jan. It's either 29-28 or 30-27. And I'm like, so what? I had it 29-28 for Jan. You had it 29-28 for Jan. Your score was on MMA decisions. Yes, my score was on MMA but decisions. But you totally understand oh. why I can go the other way. Oh, yeah. Talk, yeah. If you in- individually ask many of these people who have submitted their ra- their scores, I'll bet you a lot of them would be like, hey, that first round was pretty close. So it, it there's no context for the way mm-hmm. it is. Yes, no one actually went and gave that score and then submitted it and it was posted to MMA decisions. That didn't happen. But it's not that's not like the be all end all. No. It's a close fight. Is is there a maybe a, a what the masses will consider the quote unquote better score here? Yeah. They're thinking that. We think you and I think that Jan is the better score. But we get it. 
we understand yeah. it. The way the criteria is worded, the way it works in a close round like this in particular, it sometimes can just go either way. You don't want close decisions. Put a stamp on it. Absolutely. So there are way too many situations that unfortunately, and, and I'm not saying there weren't reasons for it, but unfortunately, Peter Jan just wasn't able to hammer it home. You know, he's he's got him he's got O'Malley clinched against the cage, but he's not feeling like he's in good enough position to start like laying some like big knees in he or something like instead that. Instead of right? a knee to the head, he stomps the foot. Yeah. He should have stomped the hand, by the way. <laughs> yeah. I meant to say that. He should have stomped the hand. Dude, the, when you got feet there, it's like, oh, you stomp it. Oh, man, my toes, my toes. Stomp on his finger? Maybe you dislocate his finger or something like that. He's not fighting the same way anymore. Yeah. This was bad strategy. Learn I say him. we need more foot-to-hand stomps. Yeah. When someone starts playing the the, the touch-the-floor game, do that. That's not a bad – you know what? That's not bad. I don't, yeah, I, I, I've always said that I should be the, the MMA coach of the year. But also learn from Aljo. <laughs> Aljo learned from his mistakes. Everybody learned from, so, from your mistakes. That's why I always tell my kids, learn from your mistakes or especially learn from other people's. For sure. Way better to learn from other people's yeah. mistakes. <laughs> As, I've, I've lived by that. Uh, as best I can. Sometimes I learn from my own. I'm not going to make a mistake here except for how I talk and we're going to move on to the next round. Apparently, <laughs> 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 I don't know how to talk either. Uh, I, we got to talk about this round too. I think this was this was a fight that I think a lot of people were talking about, right? Bilal Muhammad and Sean Brady. Mm -hmm. This fight ended in round two, of course. Muhammad turned it up after you know a close first round and he just took it to Sean Brady. Mm -hmm. Suspect stoppage. Yeah, I'm... At first, I thought it was an okay stoppage, and then I watched it again with you, and I'm like, gee, I don't know. Didn't feel great. Mm. But, look, the, the referee sees what they see in there. I'm sure there's some reason, but it felt like it probably could have kept going. I did, you know, we see sequences like this in MMA fights where he's he's not really out of it. Mm -hmm. He's probably in a bad way, but we've oftentimes they're given enough rope. Yeah. And, and that didn't happen here, but it is what it is. I, I think I've seen worse. We're not talking about that, though. We got to talk about round one of this mm -hmm. one, dude. Round one is the split round. So what is happening in this round? It's a striking battle between two very good grapplers. Uh, Brady countered really well. That's very that's uh, very uh, dismissive. That's not a nice thing to say. <laughs> he countered very well. <laughs> okay. Uh, Brady seems to be getting the cleaner shots, uh, better reactions uh, from Muhammad. He lands a couple left hooks that kind of really stop Muhammad in his tracks and a couple hard right hands that, you know, they were saying, well, how's he standing after that? Um, Bilal stays in his face. He's not really getting backed off too much. He's he's, re he's returning fire. Lands a couple of good shots of his own, a couple of good combos. I think I made a mistake because live I scored this from Muhammad. I think he steals it at the end, the final 10 seconds. He has a good sequence of offense. Lands a, lands a nice combo. I thought that put it over for him. I don't feel that strongly about that anymore. I feel better about uh, this round being for Brady 10-9. But live, when I was watching, I did score for Muhammad 10-9. Interesting. You learned from your mistakes. <laughs> All comes together. Yeah, I had it. I also have this one for Brady. When I watched it live, I, I did think it was close, certainly. Mm -hmm. But um, I did think that this was a much better round for Brady on the whole. Mm -hmm. Defensible scores, of course, either way. It <laughs> It is two grapplers exchanging punches. But I, I thought it was I thought it was a decent. Like it, It's not like kind of that... 
it's not like it's like Damian Maya going no. against you know not not to be dismissive of Damian Maya, but like he obviously he became a competent striker. I think is the kindest thing we could ever say okay. about his striking yeah. level. And I I think Muhammad and Brady are showing better than that in this round. I yeah, you know I think I think Bilal Muhammad's just a really really good game planner. I think he is. He really is. He's he's disciplined. Mm-hmm. He's obviously technically skilled yes you know and i think he's got some athleticism too mm-hmm. you know that 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 certainly helps and i think it helps him be able to adjust on the fly too um i think you need to be able to be at least a little bit of an athlete to be able to adjust like that yeah. so yeah i think he i think he put on a nice effort here but yeah i had this one for brady i just i never saw muhammad get over the point with like any like particular i mean he has he has some moments right mm-hmm. he has some moments but i think brady just has a few more yeah you know what i think my watching live the swelling under Brady's eye, I was like, "Oh, that's some good damage there." Mm-hmm. That kind of probably swayed me. But it's under the eye. So, I mean, it's it's you know it's physical damage. It's immediate impact. Mm-hmm. But like, yeah, I, I I thought ultimately the punches that were being it was mostly punches, right? The mostly the punches well, that no, were being below below was throwing some light kicks. Sure, sure, so, but I, I guess. Yeah. I'm speaking particularly about Brady. I think oh, okay. his punch, Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I think his punches were what ultimately did the higher impact mm-hmm. toward trying to get to the end of the fight, right? Yeah. Um the, the the greater effect toward getting to the end of the fight. So that's why I went for Brady here. Uh so we were we were again united on this one. To uh same with I'm kinda half and half. I get you're half and half. Well, I switched my score. Yeah. So we still you still get one? Yeah, that's how it works, dude. All right. Yeah. All right. Yeah, that's fair. What are you gonna try? Are you trying to take something away from Anders Olsen? <laughs> I'm not taking nothing. No. Don't you do that because we got to send this out in the mail. Yeah. yeah. And what are we sending out? Couchside over. <laughs> because uh, we we disagreed, the three of us, uh, you, me, and Anders, with Ben Cartledge and Dow Ransom. We we're obviously not on the same page with Judge Cartledge on this, on this night. That's okay. That's two. That's already two. We've gone against them. But we've only done two rounds. Mm-hmm. Now, either that says that he's a terrible judge or that we're terrible judge. That's how it works. That's the only yeah. way it works. It's the only <laughs> way. Because it, it, it's robbery or it's a good decision. So we do we do everything in absolutes here. That's the only sane way to do anything. <laughs> uh, judge Cartledge is obviously a, a, a stellar judge. Mm. Um, let's move on to... I like... Uh, let's do Nikita Krylov. Or okay. Krylov. I, I'm always, I always say it wrong the first time. Nikita Krylov getting the win over Vulcan Ozdemir. This was a unanimous decision. No question about who won the fight, but it was the question about round one once again. 30-27 and then 229-28. So what happens in round yeah, one? Though this is a wild round. Uh, Ozdemir, a little bit. Yeah. Ozdemir comes out and he's landing some big shots, has Krilov wobbled in the first minute. Then Krilov's able to get a clinch and able to slow things down for a bit. Uh, about halfway, Krilov, uh, Krilov rocks Ozdemir and drops him briefly. And ends up running up on him, clinches him, and it gets a weird takedown straight to the back. It's like Ozdemir just sat down and was like, yeah, put the hooks in. I'm begging you to do that. <laughs> um, and then uh, Krilov attacks a pretty solid rear naked choke here. Uh, Ozdemir defends it well, and eventually it becomes a side naked choke and eventually just a head hug. Um, That's a front naked choke. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, Ozdemir escapes, end up, you know, he's standing above Krilov at this point. Krilov on his back, and he lands some decent shots from the top and falls back on top of him uh, in side control for a little bit. I think the success at the end makes me feel pretty good about going 10-9 Uzdemir, but uh, again, very close. Yeah, it, it is tough because obviously Uzdemir has his like his big moments are kind of sandwiched at the, you know, he's the bread, right? Yeah. In this round, he's the bread. 
Yes. And then in the middle of that, which is, you know, all the yummy stuff. Mm. Not that I don't love bread. I certainly do. I'm, I'm Italian. I like my Italian bread. But in the middle, it's all the meat and all the cheese mm-hmm. and everything. Like that. That's coming from, from Krilov here. Yeah. I liked what he was able to do to come back there. I thought the choke was a really good attempt. I thought you mm-hmm. have to really give that a lot of attention. And then I also, uh, again, I think he hurts him pretty well throughout the round like not not crazy throughout the round but like because obviously he's doing a lot of like grabbing on and like holding on and trying to get his positions and everything like that but he is landing heavy enough it's close it's it's close i think you can make the argument either way and i, I don't have a problem with it so i didn't see it your way i give it to krilov okay yeah sorry i saw it the same way as david leatherby i think he did a bang up job on this one <laughs> uh and i, I thought anders olsen and vito pelo did a terrible job in this one so did you Oh, thank you. It's everything's everything's terrible or great, you know. <laughs> <laughs> no, this is this was this was very close. But ultimately, again, it doesn't matter. Krillo takes over and takes all doubt out of it and makes it easy. No harm done. We should move on to this. This was one that I think you saw. Us, uh, you pointed this out because the you said the betting community, the MMA betting community, MMA got all up in arms about this, or or at least somebody. Yeah, they're the worst. First off, they're horrible. The MMA betting community is absolutely the driver of the terrible conversations about drudging. Um, there are certain bad actors out there that yeah. I don't appreciate uh, getting involved in there. It's not just them. There's other people too, but yeah, a lot a lot of the stuff comes from the MMA betting community. And if they would just kind of educate themselves a little better, I mean, there's there, there's a, there's a few out so, there so, oh, that absolutely. Are, are are very level headed. I uh, think so, a hundred percent. But, but there's a lot of people who can't recognize. Oh, maybe I'm pissed because I lost. It's it's kind of crazy. Yeah, uh, not everybody too. Some people are some people are like, come on, that was bad, even though I won. I get that, but I don't know. Anyway, the fight in particular is uh, Kyle Bahalio getting the win over Mahmoud Muradov. Unanimous decision once again. There's, uh, there's, there's no splits on here anymore. We're just talking about unanimous or finishes. 30-27 twice and a 29-28. So we're only talking about uh, one round in particular, round two in this case, where they diverged from the winner. What do you think of this one? Round two, what yeah, happened? Yeah, well, here? the round starts and nothing really happens for a little while until Muradov leaves his uh, neck out. And Bohio grabs it and locks up the guillotine. It, it's a really good attack here. Uh, but Muradov able to roll out, and Bohio ends up in top mount in a scramble, and uh, he doesn't do anything from top mount really. He's kind of just there. Uh, Muradov escapes, reverses, gets on top, uh, and he doesn't really do a lot right here. Kind of just lays on top of him, a couple strikes here and there, and then right at the end of the round, Bohio locks in another guillotine. Uh, nothing too great. But uh, that's how the round ends. 10-9 Bohio. There's just not a whole lot of effective offense. Not a fun round. Not a fun fight, to be perfectly honest, especially after round one. I think round two and round three are where it just kind of like gets dreary Mm -hmm. from from an entertainment standpoint. I had the same way as you. I don't really have anything to add to it other than that I saw it your way. Same way as uh, the majority judges. Again, this is uh, Junichiro Camillo and Vito Palillo. Mm -hmm. Clemens Werner was on his own. Or Clemens Warner. Right? According to, yes, Bruce. Yeah. Oh, buff. Never, <laughs> never change, because you're not going to anyway. <laughs> yeah, Clemens Werner had this one for Murdoff. Uh, not enough happens in this round. Whatever. <laughs> yeah, this isn't. You got to do something. Mm-hmm. Get, give them give them something to score. So I don't I don't have a big deal, a big problem with this one. Yeah, definitely not a round to get mad at. No, no, so. no, certainly not. Um, Let's move on, because you know, we only got a couple more here. Let's move to Benil Dariush, the last one in the main event, over uh, Matush Gamrat. What were the final scores here? We we neglected to put them on our little uh, little outline. What was the final scores on this one? Oh, it was uh, 
I believe two thirty twenty sevens and a and one twenty nine twenty eight. Yes. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I can do the math that there. Make that sense. makes sense. That does make more sense based on what I'm looking at right here. So. Um. Yeah. Round one. What happens here? Close round. Lot of action. A lot of scrambling. Just don't think it's all that effective offense from either side. Really, Dariush had a. A solid low kick early. Got a really good reaction from Matouche. Like, he's like, oh, well, that kind of hurt. Uh, he popped his cauliflower ear early. There's blood leaking out the side of his side of his head. Yummy. Uh, on the ground, when he was uh, taken down by Gamrot, he attacked the legs. I mean, nothing nothing was really close there, but I think it was, it was better than Gamrot's just scrambling, pretty much, trying to get to a position. Uh, Gamrot did land a couple strikes. I'm not going to say he didn't. Uh, nothing great. Uh, it's kind of a close round. I, I don't feel too strongly about about it either way, but I'm on ten nine Dariush. I'm also on ten nine Dariush. It's, yeah, not not a not a round that kind of gets a whole lot of rise out of me as far as uh, feeling too strongly about it. Mm. Judges uh, Judges Junior Camillo and Daryl Ransom were on the same page uh, as you and I. And oh, the terrible Clemens Werner once again, <laughs> uh, all by himself. Horrible judges. Horrible <laughs> robbery. Anyway, yeah, no, I'm not worked up about this one, but we didn't we didn't see it the same way as the out judge in this case. Um, but we do have two. Was it two more rounds to do? Yeah, yeah two more. Two more. Yeah, let's let's move back down into the prelims. Abu Bakar Nurmagomedov getting the win over Gadri Omer Gadriev. Did I nail that? Yeah, it's a did I nail that? Mm-hmm. I I tried to copy Anik there. I think I did. I hope I copied it. Uh, if if Anik's right, I think I'm you right. gotta find this the hidden R. I think that's the key to pronouncing the last Yeah, because I, I heard Anik saying there's some sort of R there. I'm just copying Anik. Yeah. I don't see an R here, but yeah. if he did it, I trust I, I, I trust yeah. John Anik, right? He he works hard at this uh, at this job. But yeah, he gets the win over uh, Omar Gadriev, Who? I, what did I say his nickname should be? Egads, right? Egads. Egads, yeah. I don't know. It's a terrible nickname, but it's better than saying Omar Gadriev every time because <laughs> that is a mouthful. Um, <laughs> Actually, in my notes... Uh, Google Docs wanted me to autocorrect it to Omar Gatsyev. Oh. Two names. Okay. <laughs> did, did you mean this? No. <laughs> Obviously, you've never been to Russia. Uh, <laughs> unanimous decision win for Nurmagomedov. Shocker. Nurmagomedov winning a fight. Mm. Uh, 30-27 and 229-28. It's around one once again. What happened here? Yeah, the starts out. Nurmagomedov lands a decent light kick, and, and then... Uh, on a takedown attempt, uh, Omar Gadziev grabs the neck, completely shuts down the takedown attempt, and lands three solid knees to the head while holding him in a headlock. Omar Gadziev uh, gets a takedown as the round proceeds on, and Nurmagomedov scrambles, gets on top, but is again stuck in a guillotine. Uh, not too tight. Uh, he does escape and ends up on top, but doesn't really do much at all from that position. Omar Gadziev lands a couple decent strikes from the bottom. Really nothing else happens in this round other than that, so... 10-9, Omar Gatsyev. Yep, same here. Nothing to add. Makes it easy for me not to say the names all in all the time. <laughs> uh, but we were on the same page with judges Ben Cartledge. Hey, See? this time this time we're on his page. See? Yeah. One of the best judges. And Vito Palillo, who already got his couchside override. Mm-hmm. We were not on the same page as Anders Olsen, who is a terrible judge, and he's had his, his uh, couchside override revoked. Oh, this poor guy. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> He's honestly, you know, if you look at the data like I've been tracking, he's one of the uh, the most uh, in the majority as well. Judge Olson, nice. Mm-hmm. A lot, a lot of, a lot of good, like on the same page judging mm-hmm. coming out of the the European guys that the UFC ends up using when they go to Abu Dhabi. Oh yeah, that's not the be all end all. That doesn't tell you a judge is good or bad, but 
it can certainly reinforce how much they end up seeing it in the mm-hmm. same way as other people. So mm-hmm. that, that's a good thing. Can't be a bad thing, I would think. Mm. But we have one more round. Yes. This was in the curtain jerk. It was actually the first round we had of the entire card. Uh, when I was still coaching soccer at this point, I was at a soccer game <laughs> for my for my little guy. And uh, Carol Rosa, Carol Hosa, excuse me, got the win over Lena Landsberg. This was a majority decision. So, yeah, it wasn't a split, but it was a majority because of the lost point in round two for an illegal knee. The win was 29-27 twice and a 28-28. We're talking about round one here, sir. What mm-hmm. happened? Well, I'll start off with saying that there was no commentary. Okay. In this round. That's true. That was that was wild. We by yeah, the way. someone must have forgot to plug their microphones in. So we got all the arena sound uh minus the commentators. Well it was more it was more like the arena sounds than the in cage noises like they were sort of doing a little more of mm-hmm. during like right. the height of the yeah. pandemic. Which was I was that was like the thing I was a little disappointed about was I was actually glad to get like a round where you could listen to the sound but not have the commentary over it. It's like that sweet spot that I want when I rewatch mm. these fights and you just can't get it. But yeah, they didn't have the in-cage noises as much as I would have liked. Fight Pass used to have it. I know, I know. <laughs> they Somehow they said, hey, we've got this great product. Let's make it worse. <laughs> Let's see if we can make it like really yeah. crummy and also give it a really terrible search function. <laughs> and and I think they've they've done a max, uh, just an amazing job of that. So I, you know, I'm going to give it a little bit of a clap. Yeah. <laughs> good job good job um yeah so round one what's happening yeah not much um landsberg lands a big right hand and drops hosa uh and this was i think this was a good knock she doesn't she doesn't brace her fall she just sits down so i, I do think it was a pretty solid solid knockdown she bounces back uh, like she, quick she, enough she, she recovers quickly but i'm saying when she got hit she's not going back and bracing her fall she's just hitting sure so Good strike. Uh, good strike. Yeah. Uh, they clinch for a bit. And Landsberg, I think she's winning the clinch battle. Not by much, but I think her knees are a little bit better than what Hosa is throwing. Uh, but then Hosa takes her down. And she has her in half guard. And she's kind of just hanging out there. She's not trying to pass. She's not striking. Uh, I think she lands one good left hand that I can recall. But Landsberg's not even trying to get up. She's just like, yeah, I'm just going to hang out here. Uh and Hosa's not taking advantage of it. She's not She's not trying to pass, like I said. Uh, I think Landsberg does land some decent strikes from the bottom. And I'm on 10-9 Landsberg. Yeah, I am too. And honestly, and, and in all seriousness, I, I mean, again, all these judges are, are sound judges. I don't criticize them in any particular way. But I, I'm having trouble figuring out what it is that Hosa did that was distinctly better than Landsberg in this particular round. I, I think Landsberg's got... A lot, you know, she's in the top position, right? Hosa's in the top position, but yeah. she's really not landing a whole lot. She's not, she's in a, you know, let's say an advanced position, right? She gets out of, she's not just in, sitting in full guard. No, but she landed in half guard and just stayed yeah, there. Yeah, I don't see advancement. That's, I don't think she's actually like working to effectively create offense. So I, I do have, I'm curious about that. I mean, obviously, two judges who I think are solid judges in Ben Cartledge and Daryl Ransom had this round for Hosa. But I'd be curious to have it explained. Just, I, I just, I'm, I had trouble figuring it out. Right? I, this felt like a round that ought to be a Landsberg round. That's how I. Me. That's how I see it. I mean, you there's, there, uh, there's no offense from Hosa that's contributing to the end of the fight. I don't think so. But again, so, d- d- if that's there's how something, I see it. If there's it, yeah. something I'm missing, you know, I right. wish I would love to know. But 
Yeah, I saw it for Landsberg. You saw it for Landsberg. We saw it the same way as David Leatherby. Um, and by the way, I, I like to call this this group here Cartilage, Ransom, and Leatherby. This is the Cage Warriors crew. Okay. Yeah, that's that's the Cage Warriors crew. Um, but yeah, I, we saw it only the same way as Judge Leatherby. What does that mean for Judge Leatherby? Couch side over. <laughs> that one's gonna. That's heading right to uh, Jolly Old England. <laughs> it's definitely gonna be in the mail. Maybe. It's always the male's fault, but that is uh, that's it. That's our seven rounds. I think we had a good amount to say about these things. This was this, yeah, was, this was a good little uh, good little package of I think contested so. rounds. Yep. Finish wise, like I said, there were four. None of them ended in the first round. Two sub, two by KO or TKO. Which of these four was your favorite? Muhammad Makayev subbing Malcolm Gordon with a slick arm bar. He was on the back. He found himself kind of falling off. Grabbed the arm, extended it. Seemed like he may have extended it a bit, a uh, bit further than Malcolm Gordon would have liked. Seems his arm was a bit injured, but yeah, that's it. What about you, the champion has a name, and that name is Islam Makachev. <laughs> that was awesome too. Yeah, um, <laughs> obviously he he counters as as uh, Oliveira is getting a little too overextended with you know kind of flying in the air here. Counters with his really hard right hand, mm-hmm. drops him. You can tell he's not in there, and and then he locks in that arm triangle like very quickly gets out of the half guard off to the side it's like he, charles knows he's got once he dropped down it seemed like he was in the arm triangle instantly mm-hmm. it was it was really quick it definitely highlights uh and, and this was something I, I would love to credit who it was that kind of gave me the at least the the nugget of thought right uh sambo it really is kind of that good hybrid of jujitsu and wrestling mm. <laughs> you know yeah it, have... when it when it's done at a high level and integrated into mma the way it is done with you know, let's say that father's plan crew. Yeah, it's uh, it's really impressive. They do a re- like and and Mokative in particular. He is he is looking for those sub uh, submissions and I think a different way than Khabib ever did. And he's able to get those finishes. Not that Khabib probably couldn't have done it. I think he just liked to smash, right? Just smash. <laughs> and I get it. It's fun to you, smash. You, you know what? I, I, I want I want to point this out real quick. Yeah. Back to the very first topic. Oh, about, right. about his long run. All his fights going forward are five rounds now and. I think it's going to be a nightmare for people if if they don't get him out of there in the first. Oh God, so, yeah, I had that thought too about Oliveira. I'm like, like, if he gets down in this fight, like, what's he mm-hmm. going to be capable of? Yeah, you know, there are guys who who have the cardio to hang. I'm sure, but first of all, Michael Chandler does not. <laughs> uh, I do not believe in that man. But going he's five bad. hard rounds with this guy. Well, okay, with Makachev, this may guy. Be different. Yeah. I'm talking about this guy. I'm not talking about in general. I'm okay. talking about this is the man we're okay. talking about here. So <laughs> if Chandler's winning, I'm telling him like, listen, dude, you're not saving anything in the tank. You got seven minutes. Mm-hmm. You have seven minutes to get this done. You've got you've got the the Rumble Johnson window. You're gonna go hard for seven <laughs> minutes, and if you get that finish in there, it's over. If you don't, I mean, first thing that he gets to it, yeah. just tap. It's, it's over. <laughs> it's over. <laughs> Let's fight another day. Uh, but yeah, that that is uh, that is it for UFC 280. I think we. Uh, I don't even think I said that we were talking about UFC 280 like at any point in this That's, show. Yes, UFC 2. This was all about UFC 280, guys. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it says it in the the program name, but we might as well vocalize it, right? <laughs> uh, we are now looking ahead though to the upcoming two event slate. It's both of them on Saturday, next Saturday. Big Saturday. Bellator is the early one this time because they're in Italy, Milan. Milan. It's, um, there's a card happening. There's some fights. It's, it's not the, let's say it's not the most well-built card going on here. All right. Be, uh, but the headliner here is uh, Adam Piccolotti and, and Mansur Barnawi. Okay. 
Barnui. I think it's, I'm, I'm always going to say it wrong, but yeah, lightweights. I don't know how much you know about these guys. That's the first I'm hearing of them. Piccolotti's pretty good. Okay. Uh, I, I'm not as familiar with Barnawi. I think it's going to be a solid fight. I think. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, shoot. Bellator's got to break the, the 50-45 curse at some point. Let's see. Or, you know, not that I don't think the last one was exactly 50-45s, but hopefully they just get something where it's like a fun fight. Okay. Just be fun. Please. Right. <laughs> Please. Uh, I mean, for Bellator's sake, shoot. But, you know. We'll see. <laughs> we will see. At least it's the daytime, like I said. So you know, you can kind of watch it and then you, and watch UFC, or maybe I don't know if they're taking place concurrently, but um, it's not going to interact with the UFC main event, mm-hmm. which I think is much more interesting. The card gets deeper with UFC, but there is one other fight on the Bellator slate that I'm looking forward to, and that's uh, Fabian Edwards against Charlie Ward. Fabian Edwards, of course, mm-hmm. the brother of welterweight champion Leon Edwards yes. in the UFC. Um, and he's coming off a win over Leota Machida. Win here over over Charlie Ward. That could get him potentially a title shot um, over there in Bellator. Is Musasi the champ there? No. No, no he just lost. That's right. Who did he lose to? Johnny Eblen. All right. He's, uh, he's honestly, I like him. He's, he's an interesting fighter. Okay. He's young. He's coming up. I, I think that would be a fun fight if, if uh, Edwards was able to beat Charlie Ward. And Charlie Ward is, is a solid fighter in his own right. Mm-hmm. Um, one of... One of uh, one of Connor's guys. Okay. Yeah, but yeah, that, that's a fun one. That's about it. It's there's a very it's a very deep card. I think it. I didn't look deep into it, but I, there's a lot of there's a lot of guys with let's say not as many fights on their record. It, it could be a lot okay. of like regional fights and stuff like that. I'm not. I just don't know why. I'm sure it has to do with some sort of agreement locally. I don't know that that is often the Bellator mo, but it's been less so lately, right? Judges will probably be the the typical guys we see Bellator bring in from kind of their Mohegan. Commission routes, you know, there'll probably mm. be a lot of guys coming from overseas in in the United States, overseas for mm. for Italy, of course. Maybe maybe we'll see, you know, some of those English judges like Ben Cartledge or, or somebody like that come over as well. I feel I feel Sal D'Amato gets to do a lot of Bellator international cards. Well, I think you know Sa- Sal D'Amato is is actually uh, from Italy. I think he grew up here. Oh, okay. But his family is from Italy. He's got a lot of family there, if I understand right. Okay. So, yeah, Salvatore D'Amato <laughs> or D'Amato. Sorry. My bad. Sorry, Bruce. I, I, Amato. It's Diamato. <laughs> <laughs> I always rag on Buff, but come on, get the judges' names right. Uh, but yeah, that's it for Bellator. There is. I, I like this Vegas card for UFC though, which is happening in the evening. Calvin this Cater is, and Arnold Allen at featherweight in the main event. This is a good card. It's a good card. This is a good fight night card. This is what I want. Uh, not a great one. A good one. I think it's a solidly good one. I really like the main event, though. This is a really good main event. Calvin Cater and Arnold Allen is terrific. That's going to be fun. This is definitely one of my favorite main events of the year outside of a pay-per-view. Any any, 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 uh, any non-UFC pay-per-view card, take those 12 out. This is one of my favorites of the whole, whole mm-hmm. year on paper. I think it's going to be a really fun fight. Allen deserves this chance, too. He's been kind of getting like a very slow build up to this point, and I think he probably should have been challenged a little earlier. But I think there have been some kind of fights that have fallen apart. He's got a nine-fight winning streak. Yes, he does. They, 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 they said that was the third. Yeah. It's tied for the the third longest active streak in the UFC mm-hmm. behind. Uh, it, it's Islam has eleven, and then who's at twelve? It's uh, Volkanovski. In Volk, yeah. Mm-hmm. Those two, which is uh, wild. They're gonna fight. Uh, but this is this is a fun fight. Cater obviously didn't get the win last time, but we kind of think it might have been the better score. Yeah. Uh, Especially because there was that one round. Yeah, it was a, Josh Emmett ended up getting that win. He did. You can get there, which we talked about in a, in that episode. But uh, yeah, round four, 
definitely should have been his. And if mm. it was, he actually would have gotten the win. So it's one of those tough situations that, no, he wasn't robbed, but that round kind of ended up working out as robbing him in a way. And that, yeah, it's tough. So, um, but anyway, hopefully judges won't be necessary here and someone will get a finish. We'll see. It's Nevada judges. I think it's going to be really good as opposed to when we were in Texas for that one. Not that we didn't have <laughs> judges that also work in Nevada for that fight too, but I, I think you're better off fighting in Nevada than Texas in general. <laughs> like, always. Yeah, I mean, if he fights, it's, I think it's going to be a crazy fight. I think it's going to be a fun one. So, uh, I, I like a lot of these fights, too. I, I like Marco Madsen. Or it's it's Mark O. Period Madsen, but also it could be Marco Madsen or <laughs> Mark O. Madsen, like he's Irish. <laughs> there's a lot of ways to do it. Yes. <laughs> I just like there's a lot of ways you can express Marco Madsen going against Grant Dawson. This is a good fight, too. This was a last-minute kind of deal because it was supposed to be... I forget if yeah. it was Madsen against Dracker Close or if it was Grant Dawson against Dracker Close. I think Dawson stepped in. Okay. I think so. Okay. Doesn't matter. We have the fight we have now. Yes. I do like this fight too at 155. Mm. Uh, Dawson's heading places too. I, he's he's an interesting guy. Uh, and everybody loves Marco Madsen. <laughs> at least uh, in Denmark they sure do, right? He's yeah. one of the, he's one of their own. Um, I like a few more too, man. I, I like I like Dustin Jacoby and and Cleo Roundtree. That should, that should be fun. That's fun. Two, at two big heavy hitters there. Jacoby's usually fighting in New York. He's not fighting in New York this time. He's so close too. Just a few <laughs> weeks away. Uh, <laughs> Phil Haas. Yeah, Ronnie Bergen Deleuze. County, Bergen County guy. Yeah, the leads they just beat uh, Kyle Dawkins. Mm-hmm. Crazy knee to the face. At, and uh, Max Griffin and Tim Means. Tim Means is always you fun. always like Tim. That's actually the co-main. Yes. Well, yeah. it's it's listed as the co-main right now. Oh, I think it might change. Yeah. Well, it, maybe it's Marco Madsen. I don't know. Oh, okay. You know how they always have to say Marco Madsen. By the way, they say the whole right. thing. Just say Madsen. And now I'm doing it because they do it. <laughs> Mark, maybe maybe it's not. Maybe it's just one word, Marco Madsen. I didn't think about that possibility. Yeah, his name's Marco Madsen. No spaces, just one word. Um, but I like that fight too. And then Chase Hooper. Yeah, I gotta love Chase. Hooper Every time there. Chase Hooper's on the card, it's fascinating to me. And he's going against Steve Garcia here. I like this fight. It's a really good fights. Also, Andre Olovsky's on this card. <laughs> In case you were wondering, it's, it's worth mentioning he is on the card. Uh, uh, Marco Sergio de Lima, right? Yep. Adds another one to the book. He, 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 the guy is still sticking around. <laughs> I, I'm going to be perfectly honest. His fight is probably not going to be that interesting. I don't think it will be. <laughs> I'm happy to be wrong. I, having said that, I hope I will it into existence, getting the opposite result. Okay. But yeah, I, at this point, a lot of his fights just don't end yeah, up and, playing out very well. <laughs> and former guest of the show is actually uh, on the card. Yes, yeah, uh, Cody Durden. So he's going. To, what's who's his opponent again? I forget. Uh, Clayton Rodriguez. Clayton Rodriguez. Yeah. Yeah. Clayton had a not a set. I think it's Clayton. Okay. Yeah, I think so. Um, good card. Really good card overall. Looking forward to this. Yeah, one. this is going to be one of those. I think that we end up loving. No, it's going to be one so. that disappoints us because every mm-hmm. time we like them, they, they disappoint. Just like yeah, this last one, no. which I, I thought was fine. No, I, didn't, I like this card. I thought it was fine. I also didn't get my hopes as high as other people did. I think it kind of aligned with my hopes. I mean, and I, honestly, at, like those six fights at the end were the ones that people were most looking forward to. And four of them, I think, really delivered. Two of them most definitely didn't. But I think they were also, let's say, two of the three most predictable ones to end up going that way. Okay. So not that surprising. All right, that does it again for another episode of the Couchside Judges. We'll be back again Monday. We're going to be breaking down uh, 
what goes down on Saturday. Absolutely. I think we'll probably be focused on the UFC. Mostly. I yeah. I think I'm gonna be have I'm gonna be hard pressed to get you to watch that Bellator card on. Well, I? here's the thing. It's it's game two of the World Series. I'm hoping I'll be in attendance. Well, for my sake, I hope I'm at a Halloween party that day. Enjoy. <laughs> See you later, everybody. Have a great week. Thanks for listening.